All right, so we're cool. We're ready. You ready? Bummed. All right. Welcome to the Headspace Sessions podcast. It is episode four. I just clapped into the mic. I sort of committed a crime there, didn't I, Maya? You definitely did. But it is sessions four, episode four. I'm Paris. Maya's here again. I mean, this episode is mental health media, mental health in the media. We'll be talking about a whole lot of different stuff. We've got guests Scott Bidmead, Matt Turan, and Cam and Alex from Fresh 92.7. And our panel will be facilitated by Alex Thorpe, a Headspace Adelaide local. That's right. These guys are here to tell us all about it. Exactly. So we're talking about media, and the first thing that came to my brain was, uh, although I study media at university, I actually really, if I'm asked about it, probably don't have much of an idea as to what it is. That you can live nowadays, and it's just this whole new world. Exactly. Essentially, media is anything you hear on the radio, you see around the place, you watch on TV, or pretty much anything that you consume from people that are not your immediate mates. Yeah, like anything you hear that's not your mates, I guess, or people that you know, what is it? It's media, because it's coming from somewhere. Um, from an audience point of view, which is us, you know, we see people on these platforms and I think I'm definitely guilty of this. We manifest an idea of who these people are because we feel like we know them, but mm. it's not the case. We've got no idea what they do once the mic turns off or the camera turns off. And to be honest, we get pretty much the best 10, 20 minutes of their content, but they could be, I don't know, yeah. whoever. They could be scripted for all we know. We're a little bit scripted right now. <laughs> well, the thing about you know, being involved in the media and being somebody that consumes media is that you exactly, like you said, Paris, you have ideas about what these people are and they become sort of these role model figures for a lot of people. And so suddenly when these people aren't meeting up to what you think they should be, we get a little disappointed. And, you know, that can be hard, but also it's important to remember that people involved in the media are human, they're growing, they make mistakes, there are all kinds of different stuff. They, they are ultimately just like you and I. Exactly. And, you know, certain expectations, role models, and how we react when our role models don't meet our expectations can often affect these people a lot because, you know, human beings can read and see and they read the comments and they hear what people yeah. say about them. So it does, you know, it hits home for a lot of these people. I mean, a great example of this portrayed through Australian media would be uh, Triple J, Are You OK Day, Liam Stapleton. He's from Adelaide as well. He was doing Cam and Alex's job and now he's over at the Triple J brekkie, but he really, you know, I'm not going to say exposed himself, exposed his uh, feelings on radio and just really communicated to listeners the humanity in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I saw that video, Parachute. That was the one that you showed me. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And I was like, wow. I mean, people that write all kinds of comments because their favourite radio host is maybe having an off day. Like, it totally has a huge effect. So, I mean, as much as we love to listen to people on the radio or to present TV shows or whatever, we've got to remember that they're people too and all comments are going to have an impact. Yeah, just to summarise pretty much everything we've said for you all, media personalities are subjected to a special breed of ridicule and from the outside looking in, it's hard for us to understand. I mean, within this podcast, we will be diving in and we'll learn exactly how our panel members keep their head up when faced with rejection, criticisms and the workplace pressure that comes with media. I know um, I'm trying to pursue a career in media and it becomes that your career is parallel with who you are and a failure within the industry almost feels like a personal moment, you know, because you're selling yourself, not just your talent. Um, you know, another thing that we hear is maybe the attention on the media is negative because what they put out there is negative. Uh, I know that new class media is aiming to change that now. Mm. 
a catalyst for this is Noni Hazelhurst at the Logies, her acceptance speech in 2016. She acknowledged the overwhelming negativity that media portray to us. She spoke about wanting media to provide a channel that features nothing but good stories that inspire viewers and reassure us and our children that there are good things happening and good people in the world. And I know that today's guests all have different experiences in the media and you know they've all been exposed firsthand to these type of things so I can't wait to find out what they have to say about it. And I'm sure all these folks are about spreading good stuff and you're gonna feel the good vibes through headphones through our live streaming so we'll hand it over to you guys and enjoy. Yeah time for us to put a cork in it. See you later in episode five and take it away guys. Ooh. Hi guys, uh, my name is Alex Thorpe and I'll be facilitating today. Um, a bit about myself, I have uh, studied a degree in psychology, I'm a youth ambassador here at uh, Headspace and now I'm mental health program coordinator um, over at Batir who uh, work on smashing the stigma around mental health um, in different unis and schools around Australia. Um, so today's guests, they have different experiences in media, um, they experience first hand kind of the pressures um, that come with being a face uh, in media. Um, let's hear a bit about each of each of yourselves. If you guys would like to introduce yourself and say a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm Matt Tarrant, a magician, mentalist, and I was also on Australian Survivor last year, which was probably the biggest moment I was on, I guess, uh, the media public yeah. uh, on a reality TV show. So yeah, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. Awesome, awesome. Where are you guys? I'm Alex Locken. I am a journalist and a radio announcer, so I've sort of bounced between the serious side of things and then the talking rubbish side of things. So, <laughs> very huge difference between the two. Yeah. My name's Scott Bimid. I'm a journalist, um, TV presenter, so I've hosted Totally Wild and stuff for Channel V. I've done a bit of the weather here in Adelaide. Just started my own lifestyle show, and I've also, over the last couple of years, been studying positive psychology on the side. So, uh, very Good nice stuff. Yeah, yeah. great stuff, great stuff. Cam? I'm Cam Doyle, I'm Alex's offsider for Fresh, and I also do some video stuff for social media and um, some clients on the side as well. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Uh, well, you guys have all obviously worked in the media, media industry here and there um, for a good while. Um, do you guys, I guess, in terms of, have you felt the pressures? Have you felt like uh, you've been objectified or, or that there are all these pressures around um, people treating you as an identity rather than a human. Um, do you think that exists in, in the culture around media? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very passionate. <laughs> well, I think as a woman as well, it's a different experience. I think the physical characteristics of women, mm. I think, are judged a lot more harshly than men. I mean, you guys might have had that experience as well, but I find yeah. my looks have really come into it for some reason because that has absolutely nothing to do with the reason why I got any of my jobs. Yeah, of but I think even... Um, even news presenters, uh, pregnant news presenters, people complain that they look fat on TV oh and they're there to present news and then you have a whole spectrum of people working media, it doesn't matter who they are, yeah. they are judged. So even if they're supposed to be there to tell the news, mm. they're going to be judged. And it's within radio that you have people come out on your appearance and... Yeah, 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 we put up um, a bunch of different videos and stuff like that and uh, often, you know, we get in early morning, we're just going to chuck on whatever we want to and, you know, sure. we still bloody look presentable and whatnot, yeah, yeah, but still yeah. there'll be people piping up 
um, you know, either on Alex or myself's appearance, more so with Alex, because yeah, as she said before, she is a woman, mm. and, and it just it's ridiculous, <laughs> really. Yeah, it's it's just, it's a, yeah. People saying that I looked unprofessional because I was wearing a sweater and jeans to radio, yeah, and they right. said I would complain about a bloke wearing the same thing. Cam is standing next to me wearing a sweater and jeans. I was literally <laughs> wearing these jeans that I'm wearing now, so jeans and a jumper on the t on the top, and and. Uh, it took me a lot of restraint to you know, go into my from my personal page and just slam those comments. Yeah, you and my mum. <laughs> <laughs> I was not happy about a few people. It's just like, what? What gives you the right to kind of comment on that sort of stuff and yeah. think you're more of you know higher authority over us as for sure. you know putting ourselves out there to make a funny video just to make you giggle for a little while. That was basically our intention. You get all this. The ridicule, so it really frustrates you. To yeah, have to think about that when again we're on radio and we always get the jokes of you got a face for radio, so yeah. why do we have to worry about our appearance? <laughs> no, absolutely, and that's that's the mind blowing to me is you guys are radio hosts. Yeah. <laughs> day, like that, how, how does appearance even come into it? Yeah. Um, what about you two? Have you guys had um, any experiences? And you know, obviously, you guys have had other not the venues personally uh, for myself, but. There was actually a former Totally Wild presenter called Pip Russell, mm -hmm. and she had a lot of stuff. So over two years, she put on a little bit of weight, yeah. and it was just ridiculous. Like the amount she got slammed, there was like memes with her before and afters, and oh, wow. articles, like newspaper articles and all this kind of stuff, just because she put on a bit of weight. So it was like, yeah, it was a hard time for her, and I think she struggled a lot to kind of come to terms with why people took it so personally. It's like they'd built this person up in their mind of what she was, and then when she changed, it was against what they wanted, so they were kind of... Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Kind of taken aback and, yeah, got obviously got aggressive about it, which is yeah. on. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I was an object on a reality TV show as well. So not yeah. only treated as an object by viewers, but also by the producers and the show itself. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm there for a product for them, and then I'm kind of put to one side as well. So... Um, you know, I know I was out there alongside all these beautiful bikini girls and like muscular dudes, and then I was this chubby magician from Adelaide. Gorgeous, no less. Comparatively, probably not. Um, so, you know, when it came to social stuff or whatever, it was always, you know, like this guy sucks, and you know, like there's people saying nasty, nasty things. Where I was, I was just doing Survivor. Like yeah. I wasn't out there to try to get everyone like a modeling contract. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, and people decided to judge based, me based, based on, on appearance. Yeah. And right, it's so. weird because you think like you should be better than that to let that get to you, but mm. it happens enough, and it will start to get to you. Like Absolutely. you think you're tough, and people can tell you don't worry about it till they're blue in the face. But they're not the ones checking those notifications and like you're ugly. Oh, again? Like yeah. once you've yeah. seen it a few times, you sort of think, what's what's going on here? It's always interesting that we get comments of, you know, Alex did a piece on Are You OK Day because of a few things. Um, one of them was the whole, uh, the way she dressed and stuff. And a lot of people said, well, you should expect it because you're in this industry. And it's kind of like, we're people. Like, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, um, like, if I'm not funny, yeah. can me. Like, if I can't do my job, if I can't push the buttons, if I'm not interesting, if yeah. you don't like my voice, that sort of stuff, that's legitimate criticism and I can take that. But if you're just going to say, Oh, you're the ugliest host at Fresh, you should kill yourself. Yeah. Like, well, being ugly does not impact my ability to do my job. If I'm funny and I'm showing up, I've got ideas, my voice isn't too shrill for you at that hour, <laughs> God forbid, then that should be fine. So I could be the ugliest person on earth, but it shouldn't matter. Yeah. Let alone it's an opinion best thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not I mean, a fact, my boyfriend thinks I'm hot. Yeah, he right, might be like, the only one, but. <laughs> no, I, and that's the thing, it's, it's, it's people's opinions, and they think it's, um, it's gospel. And they force it on you, and that sounds like they they come at you guys pretty pretty hard. Have you had any things that 
Um, having been like physical, like related to how you look, have you had things that attack your personality or character? I had a guy once I got back, um, and this was at the point where I was maybe day 45 in the show itself. Uh, I lasted 51 days in total, so yeah. uh, it was like quite a way into the show. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's pretty cool. But this dude decided he didn't like me for whatever reason, and he thought I was stupid or dumb or whatever, and I was being manipulated by these girls or whatever he thought. So he started to tweet me abuse, and then he, he took it to the next level by then somehow finding my fiance's work email and sending her abuse, sending her emails, why are you dating him, why are you engaged in him, he's an idiot, all this kind of stuff. Um, so I had to call him out, and I eventually called him out and saying, like, that is, I just don't, it's not needed. Yep. Like, yep. Because when you, when you bring not only myself, but also my family involved in it as well, sure. they didn't sign up for that. So um, yeah, that, that was particularly really hard, and funnily enough, about six months later, the same guy emailed me because he wanted help on how to get on the show. You're um, and he thought I might be able to help him because I was a producer. Did you just slam him? Like, oh, <laughs> buckle up, fella. That's an advice for you. <laughs> I, it was a, probably not wasn't the most polite email. Yeah, I think one of the biggest problems definitely is the fact that social media has opened up the channel of communication yeah. so yeah. much. So it's like it would be interesting to see what people who are on TV in radio and stuff like that back in the day before social media, if they had the amount of negative criticism. Yeah, similar experience. Because the channel wasn't really there. They wouldn't, now, because like, you'd have to go yeah. up to someone and say it to their face. Write an angry letter. Yeah, you send that by pigeon or something. And like, if someone came up to me and verbally attacked me, they are not walking away unscathed. They would sure. never have the guts to and say anything. And half of these people wouldn't be doing this. You but know? Just, they can't hide behind the screen. They can't, you know, just do that without facing you person to person because then you're a human. I think once you have a conversation with a human, it becomes a whole different conversation. Some still do though. Yeah, like, I've, I've had, had people, that. oh man, heaps. I've, I've had people come up to me, uh, you know, friends of friends who want to meet me for whatever reason and they'll come up to me and say, oh, I hated you on the show or you were like terrible. But oh, I hate like, you now, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I meet you, a couple of the girls, they've been chased down the streets and this one woman was throwing food at um, one of the uh, contestants. Why and they... this other bloke sent a 15,000 word email uh, so it was a PDF letter to one of the girls of what, on the reason why she should kill herself. Oh, oh my god. god. That's intense. And like, <laughs> to be clear, none of us I don't think were bad people on the show either. Like, our edit wasn't like too negative, but yeah. for whatever reason, these people just formed this opinion. It's, um, and they're taking the time to do this. They're gonna, like, well, I, I, I want to know who these people are. I want to find out their story. Like, what's their, what are they doing in their lives to sit, sit down and write that email? But and I think yeah. 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 One of the big things is I think people forget that it is a person. Yeah. Like you are a person, not a character that's being portrayed in a show or that show itself. Yeah. Which is something which is really important to remember that is a person behind that. It's not like the villain that they portrayed on Survivor or something like that. You know what I mean? It's for sure, for sure. It's and really it's, easy. Especially with like shows like Survivor or like Big Brother or those reality TV shows where they do build that character around somebody, especially with advertisement. I can see how that. That would happen, but happening in radio as well. Like it shouldn't happen in either in either platform. But the fact that you guys get in radio as well is incredible. Um, it really, really is. All yeah. we really get is just like really um, aggressive con conservationists and people who are about like save the whales and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah really totally cool. Yeah, weird. <laughs> and they think like because we do stories with Dreamworld or something like that, we are associated with what they're doing wrong. So it like flows down the chain, and then I get this weird twi tweet. Without someone saying you're killing dolphins and how'd you get that video? Yeah, <laughs> that, like, 
bleed to me. It's just intense. Yeah. For sure. It blows yeah. my mind that it affects them that much, those types yeah. of people that like do a 15,000 word yeah. um, PDF yeah. email. Like, it's a reality TV show at the end of the day. Well, for you wouldn't want to write 15,000 words for your own thesis. No, yeah, you know, like, 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 why would you waste it on that? So like, even if you're the fastest journalist in the world, it's going to take you a couple of hours to describe <laughs> a 15,000 word thing. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's a TV show. And if they don't like it, Switch channels. They don't have just to switch the dial on awesome. the radio. Yeah, it's like, so true. What do you mean? Something we copped as well, because Ben and Liam were popular. Normally, when you take over a radio show, they normally got canned or retired. So normally you're not having to follow a successful show that then got a promotion. That makes sense. So people, you know, bring them back, bring them back. And we're like, you can listen to them. Yeah. You can switch us on the <laughs> At the same time as us. Like, we're going to text saying, does this bitch ever shut up? And I'm like, yes, turn your radio off. <laughs> you have control. You're choosing to listen yes. to Yes, which blows my mind. Like, they've literally got the uh, chance to stretch out their hand change the dial or change the station and then they don't have to deal and with it's it. it's not hard either. It's stretch right. out their hand. It's press a button. Yeah, like, it's guess, not a... Yeah, I guess that's just more reflective on them as a person than it is on what they're actually commenting on and who they're commenting on. Absolutely. And that's what you have to remember. It's yeah. Anytime people behave like that, it's a reflection on them and not you. Not you, exactly. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Alright, mixing it up a bit. Um, obviously, in the media there can be high expectations around the hours you work. Um, you know, long hours, working tight deadlines. Um, I've heard that this often leads to a rough work-life balance. Um, did you guys find that this was the case that there were these pressures? And how did you how did you manage your work-life balance? And obviously for, for Matt, how did you handle being on TV 24-7? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my, my, I was going to say my day-to-day life. I work like three months of the year. So uh, <laughs> my work-to-life balance is pretty good usually. But I mean, that was a, a decision that I made because I wanted to look after myself. Um, and I got out of the nine to five lifestyle and I didn't want that anymore. Um, so that's why I do that. But being on a show, being filmed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you would have a camera on you when you were sleeping, so you'd wake up and there'd be a camera guy right there, and you couldn't get away. It was um, really quite demanding, and, and you weren't able to have moments away from the camera. The only chance I had to have that was when I went to the bathroom. Um, that was it. So man, I go um, to the bathroom a lot. I a lot of long visits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you, you do that, and then people start questioning why you've gone for so long. So it's just <laughs> it's survivor just gets. He's into got the head. idol. Oh my god. <laughs> so um, yeah, being filmed for twenty four hours a day was really full on. But I think one of the hardest things was then having to wait three months when we got back from the island mm. for the show to actually go to air mm. um, and then to watch it play out again for another six months. Um, it was at least a year of my life was taken up by being on a show for 55 days um, and it still kind of is ongoing. Um, yeah. And I didn't, I think going into the show, I didn't expect that. We sort of thought we'd go there on the island, be there for 50 days, we'd come back, all was well. It didn't happen that way. Uh, it very much sucks you in. Um, and. It feeds you, but it also kind of can destroy you a little bit inside as well, and that's kind of what it's done. Oh, that's terrible to hear. Um, do you feel like you forever be associated with Survivor now, or do you feel like you can step away from that personality and that identity? Yeah, I don't, well, a little bit of both, maybe. Like, I like to make people be well, well aware that I'm a performer and a magician and an entertainer, first of all, and that's my career, and that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. Mm. Um, but I, I also really like Survivor as well, so I don't want it to be a thing that you know, people see a negative connotation for me either. 
Um, so it, it's trying to find that balance, that balance, which is maybe difficult at times. But <laughs> maybe that's that's the battle you have with work work life balance in a way. It's not so much you know balancing the time of spent uh, on Survivor and not, but more the identity around that. Yeah, I think it's it's very much balancing the mental space between putting the focus on magic and my career, and then putting focus on a reality TV show. And it's really tough because Definitely. sometimes the reality TV show wins when it really, really should. <laughs> for sure. What about you guys? I think it depends like what the gig has been for me. So I worked mm -hmm. on a travel show uh, on Network 10 for a while and that was probably the most challenging for me in terms of actually having like a standard life yep. because we'd go away for shoots for like two weeks at a time then you come back for about two weeks and you kind of get settled into normal life and it's like bam, we're going to go to Queenstown or something like that so then yeah. you're there and you're working sunrise to sunset so and I think a lot of the habits that you have and the rituals that you can have when you're at home like eating healthy going to the gym all that stuff has to kind of get put on the back bench so okay, it's like a big sure. um, yeah it's like a big shock to the system so I think the most important thing is trying to maintain some of the consistency that you have when you're at home and taking that with you like when you are on the road and traveling and stuff like that for sure so mm -hmm. your advice around kind of keeping that balance would be yeah keeping that consistency consistency yeah and just finding like swaps things that you can do like whether it be you can't go to the gym but you could just go for a jog or you could just do some like 20 minutes of stretching or something like that yeah. just to maintain some kind of normality as opposed to just being one thing to the other for sure I'm, I'm notoriously guilty of oh I can't go to the gym you know at 9 o'clock it'd be like 9 4 I'll be like oh, I can't so, <laughs> I think uh, it's, yeah. it's good to have that kind of So I think it's good to be able to be like, okay, cool, I can fit in a 56 minute run instead. So. <laughs> That's um, ambitious. You won't get enough bloody nutrients from that. Oh, no, good no. times. <laughs> Exercise from a 56 minute run, damn. <laughs> May as well not go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, what are, what are you two from Fresh? Well, I mean, when I was just a reporter, like, I must be sort of a bit of a sicko because I sort of got off on the stress and deadlines and stuff. Wow. Like, I wanted my boss to throw everything at me. I wanted to be top in the newsroom. So that stress I didn't mind because I felt like that was a positive stress, development stress. Um, I, and I could switch that off when I went home. But Fresh is different. Um, you've got to always be looking for content. So you're kind of always half switched on. So I'll be at the pub having a conversation. And I'm like, oh, this story, I've got to remember yeah. this. And I'm taking notes in my phone. Yeah, um, because while it's more I'm trying to also, Yeah, so I'm trying to have that um, conversation as well. So I mean, our hours aren't too bad, but you kind of are always on in the yeah. back of your head. Yeah. Um, but the early starts, I found difficult. My sleep is just shot. Like <laughs> I haven't had a decent straight eight hours through for two years, and I've been ready wow. for two years. Yeah. So you just wake up all the time, and yeah, I mean. Looking forward to <laughs> sleeping, sleeping properly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It sounds like I, I failed to mention earlier, but I ran my own business for a little while teaching coding and programming in primary schools. And when you run your own business, it's that same thing. You don't switch off. You're yeah. always people are always asking you how it's going. You're always thinking, how could I do this better, or do I have this amount of check? And it's exhausting. And and I definitely lost that work life balance doing that. And I I understand that you probably a similar feeling in radio. Um, would you for your next job? Are you going to look for more of that compartmentalized? work home kind of separation? Well, I think it'll be easier because I am going back to a reporting job and it's mm -hmm. um, an, you know, an office based, it's for, it's print, so the deadline's pretty clear. You yeah. either finished it and then <laughs> leave the paper or you're stuffed and yeah. your boss is angry at you. So I think it's easier, 
it'll be easier for me to go home and switch off. But in light of that, in light of that, if something, if I see something on news, I think I can do that in my area. Yeah. I will just make a quick note of that. But I don't think I'll be searching for things. So consumed by as often. Is that yeah. something you looked for though? I guess I mean in your in leaving. Yes. Yeah. Is that yeah. something you looked for? That separation. That. Kind of consistent yeah, work. I just found it too exhausting. Yeah. 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 What are you, Cam? What are you, Yeah, I guess I'm pretty similar to that. I guess for me, because I do, on top of the fresh stuff, I do a lot of uh, videos, whether it's personal or client-based, and that's, you know, the personal stuff is all about my life, so I'm looking for content for that to do to the vlog and whatnot, and then also looking for content for radio and, and, and vloggy stuff is doesn't really translate well to, to radio stuff, and then so you've got to go socialise with mates, and then you're doing a client video as well, and then you got to go up at four o'clock to you know do the radio show. So balancing that's been a bit crazy, and I guess for this year it's been not a whole lot of social um, aspect has come from it. Because I guess my weekends and I'm like, let me chill, let yeah. me do not a whole lot, and then. Um, but I'm still like, I've got to do a couple of videos over the weekend and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, consistently, wow. I guess I, I'm putting it on myself as well because making my, you know, my uh, life other than fresh onto, you know, YouTube and stuff like that. So sure. yeah, it's just balancing all of those things and then making sure I've got enough content for the radio show because that is my full-time job and um, yeah. stuff has always been a bit difficult, which I've struggled through a bit through throughout the year. For sure. Yeah. Do you guys have like a, I guess something that, lets you know you're out of balance like because I feel like it sounds like you're very very um, busy schedules and and um, yeah you're quite active in that do you, how do you know when you need to take some time for yourself or when you need to check your balance for me it's when I need a nap during the day um, that I <laughs> haven't slept enough during that night because um, I'm like Alex as well I don't sleep heaps well during the night so I make myself go to sleep at you know nine ten o'clock so I'm actually sleeping for the at least six hours yeah for sure. um, so if I know I'm, I know I'm stressing out and I haven't had enough you know rest and and chill out time when I actually I'm like I'm exhausted. I just I actually need to physically go to sleep, or else I am not going to be a human anymore. <laughs> no, no, I feel you on that for sure. For me, it's there when I've got a social event and I don't want to go. Yeah. I yeah. go. I can't be bothered, and I think, no, nah, okay. If you don't want to go hang out with these people that are your best friends, there's a problem here. Right? Like if yeah. you have, have an ideal situation where yeah. normally you'd enjoy it and you're not going because you'd rather lay in bed, I feel like that's an issue. That's yeah. a red flag for sure. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Scott, Matt. I yeah, I think it's like. When you look at your life as a whole and the different aspects like business, work, social, if you see something's out of whack, like one thing's taking too much focus and you're getting super stressed with one thing so everything else is starting to falter a little bit, that's when you have to like pull out of that one a bit and put a little bit more focus into like, like as you said, social things or like your health. Yeah, to so rejuvenate yeah. you a bit. Yeah, so I think it's just having a look account. at your life as a whole and seeing the different, your focus that you're putting in the different aspects and then if it's too much in one, and then you've, you've got like signs as well, like um, sometimes, like at the moment, I'm getting a little bit sick because I've just been juggling and doing things and doing heaps of like away trips and starting the business and doing TV. So it's like all these different things. And yes, yeah, so you've got to listen to your body and also just be aware of where your focus is going so that if it's too much in one area, you can just pull it back a bit and put some time into social and health and yeah, watching Netflix. Yeah, good advice. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think my fiance is probably the best person to judge me on how I'm going for a lot of these things. So she'll make the call because she sees me more than anyone else. Yeah. So she knows, I guess, where I'm at, where my headspace is at, and how I'm doing because I'm pretty open with that sort of stuff. And she'll be able to kind of sit me down and work out what I need to focus on. I guess because my life is very unstructured uh, and it kind of has to be really. Um, it does become at times really 
confusing if you actually are doing the right things or focusing on the right stuff or achieving what I should be achieving. For sure. Um, so to have someone else there to help judge that definitely helps. So yeah. that's what she does for me. Yeah, and I think, yeah, as you're saying, having that unstructured kind of thing, you don't have that consistency, so it's not easy to figure out where you're faltering or where, where you're missing things, but when you snap at your girlfriend because she left a dirty bowl in your room or a fiance or something yeah. like that, it's... Yeah. it's um, it'd, be me, it'd be me leaving the dirty bowl, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <but> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's good. I mean, all, all kind of good ways to, to recognize that stuff, which is just helpful. Um, once again, mixing it up, um, have any of you guys been personally confronted about something you've done in the public eye um, or that public didn't agree with? And how do you manage that? How do you manage kind of backing your decision? Do you back yourself in and let them know why? Or do you kind of palm it off because it, 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 the conversation is probably not worth the energy? Or how, how do you guys go about that? And how, if you've had it happen, that's probably is. Really? No one's really had anything like that? No, I had this moment on Survivor where one of the girls, Brooke, out there, um, she, we were quite good friends in the game, um, but they hadn't really shown a lot of that in the actual show itself. Mm. Um, and there were a couple of scenes over maybe two episodes where they were always, almost trying to make it like I was kind of sexualizing Brooke, or I was into her, or I was like jealous of the other guys, and like there was a couple of things that they showed which just did not happen out there or it definitely was it came off as a different it was out um, of context out of context completely yeah 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 um, where they made me basically look like I like hated women or like so just, Trump yeah, yeah. It, and it was like it was terrible and because I don't obviously control the edit I had no idea any of this was coming so yeah. I'm there sitting with my with Kira next on the couch watching this episode where they zoom in on my face and make it look like I'm zooming in on Brooke's butt. Oh, and I'm just like, that that's, didn't happen. Like, <laughs> like, I can assure you, when you're on like, the island and you're dirty and you stink and you're hungry, the last thing you're thinking about is that. So like, it just was completely out of context. How and did you then, manage that chat with, with your fiance or girlfriend? Um, oh, I just like, I don't know. I don't know if I really did at the time. I think we just kind of went, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> And then, then she started to hate Brooke, and then I'm like, yeah, no, she's a real, yeah, she's a terrible person. Uh, and then, yeah, eventually she met Brooke and realised that she's not, like, this sexualised beast that they made it out to be. Yeah, um, yeah. But I had all these people, like, online saying, oh, Matt's so, he's, like, so sexist and stuff, and I'm like, me and Brooke both had to be like, well, no, like, that's not what happened. Yeah. Like, neither of us really felt that way out there. Like, it's just been made to look like we did. So, yeah, that's shocking. Um, there's only so much you can do, but I definitely felt like at the time I had to confront it a little bit um, because I didn't want people to think this magician was, like, <laughs> chauvinistic or yeah. this, like, or asshole or whatever. Yeah. Who's going to come see my magic show? <laughs> who's who's, who's going to put me for, like, a, a corporate show? So, Not that creepy um, magician. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and X-ray goggles or, yeah. like, what's it? Well, and that was the thing going on the show because I knew that I had this like, not a public life, but semi-public life back home mm. that if I made a mistake on the show, <laughs> if they air that, which I have no control over, mm. Like, it could completely ruin my career. And it was yeah. always in the back of my mind. And remember there's this one night where I had this, like, full mental breakdown because uh, if you'd watched the show uh, at all, there was maybe a period of, like, three or four episodes where 
I was a bit of an idiot. Like, I was making really bad decisions and yeah. uh, I thought I knew what was going on, but it turns out no, I didn't, I didn't have it. <laughs> um, and the whole premise of like my character was he's the magician that can like read minds. <laughs> and then it turns out I couldn't read minds. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember going back to the camp Sorry. and one of them, like Brooke had just been voted off and I just didn't see it coming. And like, I just broke down into tears. I was yeah. an absolute mess. Yeah. And like the guys thought I was upset because they're like, oh, Matt knows he's going to go next. But I was like, man, I'm a magician. Like, <laughs> people are going to judge me. Like, <laughs> and, and yeah, that, like, I just had this full breakdown and it wasn't one of the producers. They finally sort of broke their character and was like, dude, like, you're going to be okay. Like, yeah. this is fine. Like, yeah. we're not out to ruin your career. It's all going to be good. But there was like, Eight months where I was freaking out over that episode, wow. going, "What the hell am I going to show?" <laughs> and it came off. It, it was yeah, all right. right. Like people uh, thought I was an idiot, but I am. So, <laughs> like that's fine. As long as I don't think I'm a bad magician, that's the more cool thing. You can do with magic, so yeah. I feel like that's a win. Do card tricks and stuff. So that's cool. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was it was really unusual um, that situation. No, that sounds interesting. Has anyone else kind of had a similar experience? That's a pretty good example of it, I think. Not as extreme yeah, as that. Yeah, I think that's a good example. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we get pretty instant feedback with text line and calls. And um, we had someone ring up really angry because I said, I hate cats. I think cats oh. are arrogant. They're jerks. Like, yeah. I prefer dogs. Like, oh, was it you? Did you ring up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really angry. In my personal opinion, I feel like cats just, they just want to irritate you. They just know how to push your buttons, so they wave their tail in your face. And, <laughs> yeah, oh, you got a cat? Oh, I'm yeah. sure yours is lovely. Um, but I said that, and that's just my opinion. And this woman rang up and just ranted at my boss for ages, and he just sort of had to um, say it's just her opinion. She doesn't go and shoot cats. Like she doesn't actively do anything about it. That's yeah. just her opinion. Like we can't fire someone because she doesn't like cats. She doesn't like so, cats. Like, that's I mean, <laughs> when it's just your opinion, you just sort of think, okay, maybe I could have voiced it a bit, a bit differently. But we also got a Snapchat saying, I haven't got a problem with women, but I can't listen to one at 6am. And I'm like, well, I can't do anything about that. Yeah, well, I can't transition in the next five minutes for you and um, yeah. make you more comfortable. So I think you just... Once again, you change the radio station. It's yeah, not, yeah, it's not a hard thing to do. So you pick your battles. If it's a legitimate yeah. complaint, if I thought I'd been defamatory or hurtful or insensitive, yeah. I would try to address it. Yeah. But if it's just... Just an opinion which you're entitled to. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and I feel like, I feel like, like, my view of the media is a lot of people in the media get attacked based on their opinions. Like I've heard uh, a lot of radio hosts have an opinion on a certain band or, or favour a certain band or say they enjoy a certain band and get hit out hard for that. Um, have you guys had anything like that with music choices or anything around that kind of thing? Really? Oh, well, I'm a Collingwood supporter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Once again, no, we have never, like... This is not working. No, nah, it's not. <laughs> yeah. That's why they put us next If you want to get on social media and post uh-huh. abuse, I mean... <laughs> We'll be on the Daily Mail tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just things like that. People are like, oh, you're shit. And it's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to change who I am to be more palatable. Like, that's just who I am. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned the Daily Mail, though, because they kind of, like, as a publication, for me at least, anyway, they've been kind of pushing for this sort of weird negative vibe on people as well. Yeah. Like, they, they try to create drama in my life, which oh, is exactly. really weird. Uh, like I remember when I had my engagement party, we invited a few Survivor contestants down for it, um, including Christy, who was the winner. And then they made this big article of all these photos, and the headline was, Matt from Survivor has engagement party, 
doesn't invite Christy. Like, but Christy was there. Like, <laughs> and it was just completely made up. Like, even one of the photos they posted, she's right there in the middle, That's... but they're trying to create this drama. Thank and then you. they were it's like, literally there. Yeah, she's, she's there. But they were just out there trying to create, like, for whatever reason, this real life drama. Yeah, they saw a story and they had so much that they missed, yeah. they just looked straight over the evidence yeah. of it. That's it shocking. You're so right, their headlines are always way too long. They're like so a five long. line yeah. headline. Yeah, yeah. You need that long to explain the story. The whole, it's not as Yeah, the whole story is the headlines. Like, oh, <laughs> chill out. Yeah. Leave a little bit, all right? Yeah. I feel you like tomorrow's headline will be like survivor contestant, radio host, have contention over cat Pet choices. Yeah. yeah. One abuses cat. Which one? Sounds like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Click to find out. Yeah. But first, here's a message from our advertisers. Yeah, yeah of course. Gotta get what would it be without? Yeah. What would it be without the advertisement? <laughs> um, I guess leading into more the mental health side of things, what, what do you guys think of like how do you think mental health is portrayed in media? And do you think it has a do you think it has an identity? Um, do you think we're getting better about that or worse about that? Or I think we're definitely getting better. Like. There are, and there are these amazing, like organizations like Headspace and Live In, like you, you worked, Matt, with Sam. Sammy, yeah. yeah, with Sam. Organizations which are trying to remove the stigma. I feel like it's getting more and more um, publicity around the, the need to remove the stigma and like that it is okay to talk about this kind of stuff, yeah, which great. I think is good. So I think it is in like a positive shift, but, I, but yeah, that's kind of, which I think is a, a positive thing. For sure, yeah. for sure. Do you think prior to the shift that potentially it wasn't there? And I feel like it was just avoided. It was one of those things that was just like, it was this elephant in the corner that wasn't highlighted or spoken about too much and it wasn't, yeah, it was kind of avoided. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I, personally, uh, working in mental health, like, I, the stats that 23% of people with mental health will seek help. And that statistically, the statistic is incredibly low, and that leads to more severe outcomes. And so I think one of those things, I guess, for me, um, when it is talked about, like Charlie Pickering did a good bit um, on TV about, about mental health and destigmatizing it, I, I see that as um, so helpful because there is this power that, that people have in the media. Do you think that people, not should, but could be utilizing that more? Open to the panel, of course. Yeah, I, um, I really enjoyed when Alex did the Are You Okay thing. Yeah. Um, he did the big spiel about, you know, it's not okay to. Do like treat people like that, um, and the texts that we got were really supportive and saying like I can't believe this would happen and mm. breaking down like you guys are people, you're not just these characters and stuff yeah. like that. And I think when we put that online, we got the same sort of uh, critique as well as in saying yeah, it's so good that you've done this. And then you know you get the same negative things, but I think I think Scott was saying earlier before like social media, even though it's opened the floodgate floodgates for us to. You know, cop criticism, it's also a way to teach people as well. Um, we can communicate with people a lot easier um, yep. in, you know, through our medium radio and then um, back that up with social media as well. So uh, having people, you know, if someone writes a negative comment, someone's going to come in and say, well, that's not okay, yep. uh, which is really good for you know, our, our media, I guess. For sure. Build that um, positive reinforcement for everyone else. Absolutely, and I think for people, especially younger younger crowds where, where mental health is uh, more prominent, um, for like adolescents and teenagers who do listen to the radio, it can almost um, be like a mentor, as somebody who's, who's gone through that, they can they can see that. Yeah, yeah I think someone in a position as like a public figure, like a role they've model. Almost got, yeah, yeah, they've almost got an obligation to be a, a positive role model. Yeah. Yes, it's, yes. It's kind of like, I think it should come with. Do you the, think that's an obligation? Do you think that should come with the territory? I think so. I think, like, to, to some extent, if you're... Like, someone like Charlie Pickering, mm. 
if you're in that position where people look up to you and will respect your thoughts, yeah. I think it's important. Like for him to come out and, and try and remove some of the stigma. For I sure. It's important. At the same yeah. time, I think if you're a public figure and you have a, a struggle with mental health personally, yeah. if you're not comfortable speaking about it, that's fine. Oh, of yeah, course. But course. at the same time, there are other things you can do. Like the way you even speak about people who are struggling with mental illness, that's a huge thing. One of the thing. biggest things, absolutely. If you can treat that with respect um, and be really sensitive and inform yourself about it, I think that's a really positive way. I, I, I like that some of the language has changed. Yeah. Um, and even little things this year that have been huge, like AFL players who are taking leave yeah, for mental absolutely. health issues, and that's it. They're just on. They're virtually just off sick, and yep. that nothing more is said about it. Absolutely. If they want to, they can. If they don't want to, the club obviously is in a great position to support them. So I think, I mean, it shouldn't just be that old trope, like you know, the old tough forty players. But yeah. it does help when people like that are also Absolutely. starting to be a bit more open about it. For sure, for sure. And players like Bonnie Franklin going through what he went through yeah. and things yeah. like that. I think especially the idols, the idols of the AFL, yeah. once they're going through things, because a lot of people face that battle. Yeah. And I think if you if you end up being in that position, as you were saying, to at least educate yourself around that, it's it's not your responsibility, but it's so helpful when people do. Yeah. It's so important that people do speak out about that. Um, so yeah, it's really good, the stuff that you've done, obviously, around that. Like, Are you okay? Did you... What, what was like your thought process when you were when you were getting that out there? Uh, well, I mean that. So we got this text the day before. Are you okay, day? Like yeah. it's it's just content dream. Like it was just yeah. content goal. The day before. Are you okay, day? Yeah. Someone texted us and said, "You're the ugliest host of fresh. You, you should go kill yourself." And this was at like six o five, right? So we've done. Good morning, everyone. Six o'clock. What's up? How you going? Yeah. Turn the mics off. That's when we got the text. Like no way. so, it's like our first break. We're like keen for the day. Let's make a good show. Yeah. We get that text, and it's just like. Well, Damn, come on. <laughs> and I mean, I can handle you're ugly, you're fat, you're stupid, whatever. But yeah. telling me to do that, that just re that really irritated me. Um, and I really wanted to have a right of reply. And being it was Are You Okay Day the next day, um, my Perfect boss time. and I put something together um, that I sort of basically talked about solo, but Cam supported as well, yeah. which was great. Um, really? Yeah. So, yeah. Impressive, well done. Um, and that was, that was good, I'm glad I did it, but it was hard in a way. Like, I had my boyfriend's mum had seen it and she called him in a bit of a tears and was like, is she okay? Yeah. And he's, he sort of thought, well, actually, I'm not actually sure myself now because normally she laughs this stuff off. I didn't know she was going to do that. Yeah. So then I had him text me saying, like, are you all good? Like, you can tell me if you're not. Mm. Um, then we had a brief conversation that night. Um, but it did, you know, my parents were a bit concerned to see that. My sister hates seeing the negative comments about me. It takes yeah. all her self-control not to. Um, so anyway, that was good. But then I did have a few people sort of contacting me and saying, are you okay? Which is nice, but I didn't mean to accidentally sort of worry anyone. Either. No, for sure. But at the same time, it's good to know that support's out there. And, yeah. um, and sometimes people do need that check-in. And if they are coming across a message like that, to have that really can help. Yeah. Um, for the people that you think got scared or don't like that kind of negative stuff do you, do you personally think it's more important to um to confront that and address negative issues and work through them or do you think it's, it's all right to kind of sweep them under the rug i think the only way this sort of talking about mental health and these sort of things gets better is you have to keep smashing the walls down yeah there's no the way to climb over them gently you've got to just try to run straight through them and if people find it hard i'm sorry i'll be as respectful as i can in discussing certain things with you and i'll be respectful um, but at the same time, I'm not going to shy away from having that conversation. For sure, just because yeah. it's a hard conversation doesn't mean it yeah. be bad. We have a lot of hard conversations every day, I'm yeah. sure. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, 
What about you, Matt? Being on Survivor, you would have had a lot of people go through a lot of different kind of uh, battles mentally. Um, did you did you think that that was betrayed? Did they portray mental health in a, in a in a good light through Survivor? Did they touch on it at all? Did they shy away from it? Um, no, they definitely did to a certain extent. I think out of the twenty four contestants, and not speaking for the other twenty three, but at least from my experience, mm. from what I've seen, everyone has gone through some sort of mental health issue while they were wow. in, involved in the show. Um, I know I came back with you know anxiety and depression as did others. Yeah. Um, because it is really full on, and I think um, just being in the media, it instantly kind of does cause some of those issues for people as well because it is. You're very much thrown into the public eye. Yes. Um, and that can be really tough, and people don't understand how difficult that actually really can be. Mm. Um, and no matter what you know before going into it, or no matter how much training you've had, or whatever, it just, it, it just sometimes is really Reality difficult. is a lot. So, um, like a reality show in itself, I mean, first of all, Survivor isn't there. It, it, it's there to basically get people at their absolute wits end physically and mentally. So mm. they, there was always going to be that. I signed up for that. I knew that was the case. We had many, many psych interviews prior to being on the show. We had two full-time psychs in the show itself. Uh, and then for the rest of my life, I now have access to a psych if I need one. Wow, uh, that's really good. Channel, which is great. So they, they definitely look after you and look out for you. But in saying that, you're also going on a show where they know you're going to go through all these mental hardships and they're causing it in a way as well. So yeah. it's that really fine, hard balance that I guess the media have to deal with in that their industry at times can very much push people in a position that they do go through this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and that is just, I think, I, I, don't, I can't see a way where they stop that from occurring. It's really difficult. Um, so they also need to be able to have support um, and processes in place to help people when they do go through it. Yeah, for uh, sure. Which is what they've done for us, which has been great. Well, it's great they've done a few, yeah. And I think that having that ability to seek help is one of the biggest things to help it. So the fact they've yeah. offered, offered to support you through that, it, you know, it's not, um, it doesn't mend all wounds, but it's, it's contributing, which is, which is good. Yeah, exactly right. Um, in terms of, for our listeners, um, what do you think that something they could do to help, you know, people out in the outside can do to help um, raise awareness around mental health and, and help kind of smash that stigma? Does anyone have any, any ideas or anything they feel would really help that? I think anytime you come across an unfamiliar term um, or an illness you're not familiar with, quick mm. Google gives you a lot of information. Um, yeah. I had an uncle who was schizophrenic and he ended up committing suicide and when I, was, when I told people afterwards, um, about schizophrenia, there's this whole um, stigma that they're really violent and they, they might murder you mm -hmm. and that's really uncommon. So that was kind of hard because they're saying that about a family member and I'm like, no, he wasn't like guy, that. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think the more you know, and so then I've had this interaction, there's that ripple effect. I've talked to people and said, no, that's actually not how it works. This mm -hmm. is how it works. And then hopefully next time someone brings it up and uses the term schizo, which if you use that around me, good luck to you. Um, <laughs> when they say that, I just hope that people might sort of use that little bit of information they might have picked up. So I think the more reading and the more knowledge you have, you can then, um, if someone comes, if one of your friends is diagnosed with something, or yeah. it makes it a lot easier for you to interact with them. For sure, just educate yourself on the yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah. Don't come in ignorant. I love that. Yeah. Um, any others? Not really. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was a big question. I, I put you on the spot a bit, guys. But uh, I mean, it, for me, it always kind of comes back to people just trying to be kinder 
to other people. That's that's kind of the message that I always try to put across when someone is either being trolling or mean to other people or myself, whatever it is, and just to be like, well, like, do you have to really say this? What are you like, from this? Can't yeah. you just be a bit nicer? And yeah. like, if you don't want to be nice, then you probably don't actually have to say anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and I do get that, you know, in some people's minds, getting online and trolling someone and calling me an idiot is a bit of fun. And like, I get it. Like, if they want to do that, that's cool. But when they do say the things they say, maybe just find a way to be a bit kinder about saying it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you don't necessarily have to attack the person uh, you can just you know if you need to attack something for whatever reason maybe just attack their character or something something minute that probably wouldn't impact someone yeah because like I, I don't know it's, it's a really hard thing to say because like I'm ideally I'd like to say just don't be a dickhead and stop trolling people <laughs> yeah. but, but it's, like, gonna happen. it's not yeah. going to happen yeah. like people yeah. are just going to do it and yeah. I'd love to say people won't but they will um, and we will read it. Like it's it's one that we said that before that you say don't read the comments, but you read the comments. Like, <laughs> like I searched my name after every episode. Like because I wanted to know what people were saying about me, and it was always terrible. But I did yeah. it, and like the amount of people that told me not to do it, but I just did it. Like yeah, for sure. Um, and there was some like really great stuff to help and really you know stuff that didn't. But um, yeah, I think the people that is kinder, I guess. Um, and then for people that go on like something like a reality TV show, one of the things that um, one of the other contestants told me recently is what he did is that he didn't take any feedback on board. So okay. whether it be negative or positive, he didn't take any of it. Yeah. Because he felt that if he was giving any weight to the positive comments, it kind of also meant mentally in his mind the negative comments wow. also had a weight to it as well. Wow. Yeah. So he just shut off from everything. He did not care what people thought of him on the show. Um, and it sounds weird, but for me, when I started to think that way, it helped, it helped. so much. Yeah. Uh, when it came to the TV show, but even the magic. So I don't read reviews anymore if they're positive or negative. For sure. I just don't really care. Yeah. Uh, and you're doing that, your thing. Thinking that way means that it's more about me, which uh, for my headspace was more important. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. I think it's a great way to go about it. Is is that so awesome stuff? Man. I think there's um. Yeah, it's super important to open communication and educate yourself, like you were saying. But I think there's also, um, there's an importance to look at things like preventative measures before you get to a point where you do need to speak out. So I feel yeah. like there's, super, there's positive, simple things that you can do and incorporate into your life, like mind, mindfulness and stuff like that, which super simple, basic like techniques and practices that you can make a part of your everyday life, which can increase your overall well-being yeah. and kind of like future-proof you in a way so that it can help you when it gets hard for sure and help build resilience and stuff like that so i think yeah and it's so readily accessible there's just so much information out there about it and people who are willing to share so yeah it's important to kind of educate yourself and learn basic things to kind of help you prevent it yeah, yeah. Help being, keep that balance keep yeah. in a good headspace yeah. definitely because i feel like there's a lot of focus on fixing what's broken but sometimes it's also important to try and build practices and, and build your resilience and your well-being and stuff to a point where you know before it gets to that Before crisis, to that point. crisis yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then it's like a dual approach. Yeah, that's great. It's good stuff. I think some people kind of forget the importance of a good "Are you okay?" like as a question. Yeah. Um, it's in like people will throw out, you know, it's "Are you okay day" and stuff like that. So you ask a few mates, and it might, you know, have a bit of a joking tone or whatever like that. But actually, if you're seeing someone 
going through a bit of funk, whether they broke up with a partner or you know whatever's going on, and actually asking them like, "You're right, mate. Like, yeah. do you want to have a you know sit down? You want to have a beer? You want to just chill out and chat? Like, and this sort of thing, just an open conversation. You can just say whatever you want. Like, yeah. and it might not lead for something, but it might eventually. It might not be that immediate, um, uh, I guess, answer and and conclusion. But eventually, they'll be comfortable enough. So when they are getting to the point where they're going through some funk, they can come to you and say, "Look, man, I'm not feeling alright. Do you mind if we just catch a beer?" And yeah. I think, like, I've done it to a few mates now and they're super appreciative. Like, they've uh, come to me and said, hey, man, like, you know how you offered me a beer, like, a month ago? Do you mind if we go and grab it? Like, yeah, no worries. Just go grab that beer and actually follow through with what you said. And and then they'll come up to me, like, a couple of months later, like, you don't have, like, that actually helped me a lot. Like, yeah, yeah it, it's really important. It's super easy um, it to is, just it throw, throw, without just throwing it out willy-nilly because, you know, you, you run into someone and, you know, just out shopping, you're like, oh, we should catch up um, and stuff like that. But actually going through <laughs> with that sort of stuff and just like, how you been? Like, what's going on? Without yeah. really prying into, like, tell me everything. I need to be your psychologist sure. right now. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you know, like, just saying, like, how are you? Like, how have you actually been is, is actually, I feel, super important. I think it's, a, it's such a valid point. I think it, it can't be the passing each other in the hallway. Hey, mate, how have you been going? Like, that's yeah, it's, a, it's in like it's yeah, it's not going in and saying, "Yo, like you need to tell me everything because I've seen you're sad and uh, I want you to open up to me. Why aren't you opening up to me?" Yeah. Because it takes a while for them to build trust and, and all these other mm. sort of vital things before they can actually approach you. So yeah, actually asking someone genuinely, "Yo, like, do you want to have a chat? Um, yeah. I'm always here." Like like hundred twenty percent, I'm always here as opposed to you seeing someone writing something kind of negative on Facebook and saying, "Hey, I'm here for a chat." Like just when yeah. you want to know gossip, there's a big difference of actually going up to someone genuinely and saying, "Let's have a chat." Exactly, and that genuinely creates that realness where yeah. they do hit you up a month later, and it isn't it isn't just for the sentiment of it. Um, yeah, you're not just trying to find out what the gossip is, right? It's not that, <laughs> it's not you about them, and it sounds like you're also creating that space for it. Like I think you need that space and that time. It can't be a chat in Norway. It can't be yeah. Like, um, you know, yeah. over text, or if you're gonna call someone and you've got five minutes, yeah, you can't I, rush that kind of chat. So I, I found that over the last year as well, I'm I'm really appreciating more phone call conversations with like friends that I haven't seen in a little while. Yeah, I'll just get on the phone and call my mates and stuff like, hey, Ben, what what's going on? And then they say, actually, like, do you have five minutes? Let's chat about yeah. something because something's been playing on my mind and you didn't even know. So you're actually getting closer with your best mates and all those people that you know you used to be really close with and you're reconnecting. And, mm building and yeah, strong. That. It is that preventative measure as well, isn't that? Because they might not be they might not be, you know, talking oh, I've got depression, I've got anxiety, I've got this, but it might just be having a chat because they've had a rough day or they've yeah. had it might just be a day. It might not be a whole period in their life. But I think yeah, opening those doors you, and I find like some people, you know, they might be going through a bit of a funk and it might be one thing that breaks, you know, the camel's back or whatever like that. You know, they've just had a shit day and they don't realise that for the last month They've been going through some stuff that's really grinding at them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, having that one conversation when you've just asked every car like a <laughs> crap day, let's have a chat, yeah, like a phone so, call yeah. or something like it's really important. Love that, love that. Awesome guys. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and have a chat with us um, about mental health in the media. I feel like it was yeah, a really, really good chat, and you all had such um, a lot to say. It was super interesting. So thank you so much, guys. Um, uh, this has been our Headspace podcast, and uh, yeah, cheers, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Is that how I wrap it up? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs>